You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 72 of the Talking Chop podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, on this fine Sunday evening, coming to you as normal and joining me, uh, a blast from the past and the present, a frequent now guest, former host of the podcast. You know him well, Carlos Collazo of Baseball America. What's up, man? How's it going, Brad? Uh, happy to, to join the podcast right when the Hawks do a trade, I believe, like 10 minutes before we started this thing to get you all frazzled. So, uh, but excited to talk uh, baseball. Take your mind off the uh, crazy NBA trade season that we seem to be in, or, or free agent season, whatever, whatever's going on in the NBA. I don't really keep up with basketball anymore. But yeah, it's, it's not I guess your we're job not here to talk that. So <laughs> it's, it's not your job to keep up with basketball. It's my job, but uh, we're still here, and that's fine. Uh, listen, the Braves are playing well right now. Uh, sweep, yeah. A sweep on Sunday uh, in Oakland um, got a little bit funny in the twelfth. Uh, sorry, in the eleventh, Jim Johnson tried to give it away, mm-hmm. but. Kurt Suzuki had a big day, two home runs, um, sweep win. They've now won 13 of their last 19 and mm-hmm. uh, 40 and 41 on the season. Um, that's the actual halfway point, which is kind of convenient for this podcast, considering the mm-hmm. All-Star break is always not the halfway point. Um, so, yeah, 40 and 41 is a success, I, w- I would say. We can start there. Yeah, definitely, and, and it's kind of fun to see this. Uh, I didn't actually get to watch tonight's game. I actually watched the uh, – college national team today and they yeah, actually you were had busy a i saw that yeah, they had a walk off in extra innings as well so that's kind of fun but uh real quick on jim johnson and um i guess we can rant a little bit about the stupidity of pitcher wins and saves and losses uh this was actually one of those games where jim johnson not only was credited with the blown save but also credited with the win which is ridiculous I but it's a real thing that happened i was <laughs> just going through the box score tonight and i stumbled upon that and i just started laughing uh i saw a little bit on twitter how some Braves fans are kind of going after jim johnson is, is he not a popular guy right now uh, i'm a little out of the loop there but i remember jim johnson being pretty solid is is that not the case anymore he's not i mean it's people i don't know people don't want to be rational bullpen guys are always kind of get the irrational part of fans yeah. more than anything but he's not been I'm, Great this year, I will say. He's not been as good this year as he was last year, but actually, I mean, his uh, his FIP numbers are better than they were last year. I think he's just been getting a little bit unlucky for the most part. Yeah, his peripherals are are better. His caper nine is up, like, it's up 11.10 from 9.46 last year. His walk rate's down. Uh, FIP's down, ex-FIP's down. The ERA is up, like, half a run. He's already been worth 1.2 wins above replacement, which is 0.2 shy of his 2016 total and just under half the innings, or just over half the innings, excuse me. So that's that's weird, but I guess Jim Johnson is still a good trade piece. If the Braves are even going to be selling, I guess we can get to that later, but no, it's it's fun. And yeah, relievers, a reliever's life in the majors has to suck, man. 
they never get any credit unless you're like the bona fide closer or unless you're Andrew Miller. And other than that, you pretty much never get any credit when you're pitching well. It's kind of just expected. And then the one game that you you blow a save and get credited with the win, everyone hates you. So That's shout out to all the receivers out there. Yeah, sort of the name of the game with Jim Johnson. You know, not, nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. He's not spectacular. He never has been. He's just solid. He's fine. He, it would be interesting to see how he might be one of the most consistent relievers ever. Like, I don't know how what the what the standard is for relievers. Like, he's had a pretty long career as a really solid relief pitcher. I'd like to see. One of you talking chop guys needs to really dive into that. Come on, we'll get, get the guys a, on. That. Yeah, we'll get Ivan on that. That's uh, <laughs> Ivan's generally the deep dive guy of the of the mm. bunch. So, uh, shouts to Ivan if he's listening to this. Um, but yeah, Jim Johnson, interesting. I mean, that didn't didn't end up biting the Braves on Sunday, which is nice. And as I mentioned, they've won thirteen of the last nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they actually dropped two of three in San Diego, which was not the greatest look earlier in the week. I was prepping for a more <laughs> negative podcast um, this week than I actually ended up being. I did not anticipate the sweep in Oakland, but um, listen, I mean. They they still the Braves still have a uh, have a negative thirty six run run differential which is not yeah. ideal I mean their their Pythagorean wins is somewhere around I, I think it's like thirty seven and forty four so not mm-hmm. quite as good as they the record is and I think I saw even D, I think it was actually Dob actually said this the the, the Braves have won like. I want to say nine of the last 10 one run game or something like that. Like they're performing really well in these close games, which is not usually sustainable, at least over a long term. But, you know, for one season, it can be and they're playing over their heads. But it's it's fun when you win games. So, um, oh, by, by the way, also, they have a winning record without Freddie Freeman, which is unthinkable. Yeah, um, isn't that crazy? You lose Freddie Freeman. You're like, oh, well, the season shot and they start to play better. What what happens with that? But definitely not expected. Hopefully the Braves will just keep improving when Freddie Freeman comes back and mans the hot corner and becomes the next oh, Chipper Jones. It's going to be what? awesome, man. I can't wait. Let's just do this now since you brought it up. <laughs> uh, I could not wait to talk about it. I, I was legit – before we even get into this, I was so excited when you texted me and said, hey, do you want to come on the podcast this week? Because I knew we would get to talk about Freddie Freeman playing third base. And this is one of the rare occasions where we, like, I'm pretty sure completely disagree – uh, I'm excited to talk about this, and I'm excited about the just situation in general. So I guess you can set this up for all the Braves fans out there who've been under a rock and don't know what's going on. Yeah, we do disagree, and I did spend some time with Scott last week talking about it. So oh dang, uh, see, I'm so but part of the no, I, we had to talk about it just because I know you disagree with me, and Scott agrees <laughs> with me. So we'll we'll focus more on your end here. Uh, I think it's insane. I'm on the record. Uh, by the, it, it, it's actual news too because Freddie actually played third base. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it was on Saturday in Gwinnett. He had the day yep. off on Sunday, but plans he to play there again. He was in North Carolina, right? Yeah, uh, I think that's yeah. They were in Charlotte, I believe. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, he's playing with Gwinnett at third base for this whole week. It looks like might be back uh, later on this week after the holiday and. Uh, yeah, I hate Perfect this building percentage. Might I might I add, really has one a chance to go down as a Gold Glover at third. One for one, right? I believe I believe I saw the play actually on mm-hmm. uh, on a Twitter video that someone yeah. shot. One of my buddies, uh, Pat James, who actually went to UNC and worked at the Daily Tar Heel with me, uh, intern of MLB.com, all that good stuff. He he actually was at that game, got the video, talked to Freddie about his new adventure at third base. So uh, shout out to to Pat James. If you guys want to give him a follow, he's doing some good stuff with minor league baseball in North Carolina. So yeah, shouts to Pat. Um, I follow him as well. So uh, yeah, he did the, uh, he was the intern for the Braves last year. So you, you guys might be familiar with him already. Yeah, there, there you go. But yeah, no, I, I, I hate this. I'm on record. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to let you talk about why it's not, why it's not stupid. Um, I don't, I don't really care. I, I thought it was pretty funny that Freddie tipped his cap to the crowd after making one play. So I think, he yeah, kind of, I think he's kind of in on the joke at this point. Yeah, he um, knows. He knows. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. G- give me your defense because I'm on the record. So go ahead and tell me why this is not a bad idea. 
Okay, my my defense is pretty much Jeff Sullivan's entire Fangraphs article on this. Uh, he kind of lays it out much more uh, in a, in a much more sophisticated fashion than I could, especially on audio. But my entire thing is like I don't see any sort of downside at all here. Um, it's obviously not a move to to put Freddie Freeman at third moving forward. It's not a long term move. Uh, it's literally, hey, our third baseman is terrible. Our third base situation is awful. I think the the Braves had like the third worst uh, war uh, at third base this year. Uh, there's there's not a good person to play there in general. And if Adams can't play anywhere but first, um, and Freddie Freeman is willing to play third, why not try it out? I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen is he gets hit with the line drive and gets hit with the ball. Guess what? That can happen at first base as well. So I really don't understand what people are freaking out about. I know when this originally came out, people were kind of hedging and saying, oh, well, uh, the Braves are just using this as trade leverage, which I, I mean, I'd like to imagine – that no major league teams are that dumb for leverage. I don't think leverage works as simply as, as most people on Twitter like to, to point it out um, in general, but we're kind of, I'm, I'm all over the place right here. Pretty much. I don't know what the downside is. And if you guys have a downside, I didn't listen to, to your and Scott's conversation about this. Like, what are you, what are you guys worried about with Freeman playing third base? Like what is, what's going to happen to mess him up? Do you think playing third base is going to like, make him forget how to hit or how to play first or him throwing the ball. And, and like, he has a great arm. He has a really strong arm by, by most accounts. Um, he does. So I'm fine with it. I know he has no range, but whatever, play him off the line. Third baseman should be playing off the line in general. Yeah. I have, but, yeah, I have I mean, a number whatever. of, I have a number of things. Uh, which I've, I've said before, uh, like he, he's going to be terrible there, which is number one. Well, sure. Uh, which is, it's fine. I think, I think the brace probably know that I understand his arm, but, uh, he is bad range for a first baseman. Um, mm-hmm. If you throw that at third, it's going to be you know comical bad range, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. Uh, he he hasn't played there in his entire professional life. Um, for but me, he did play there in high school. I, okay, don't I don't. I just don't care about that. Like guys, <laughs> basically everybody in Major League Baseball played shortstop in high school. Like it doesn't really matter to me. How about uh, Mark? but yeah well shouts to Portola <laughs> but we'll get we'll get to him in a minute but yeah it's like who knows I don't know man like I I, I just wouldn't. I don't know. I think it's, it's okay. A, what it's a combination what, of things for me. It's it's that number one. Number one. I don't think Matt Adams is as good as he has been. So I, I th- don't think I think you're moving Freddie Freeman for a guy who is a fine, like maybe slightly above average first baseman, and that's yeah. not something that I would do. Like if Matt Adams was actually this, um, then okay, I sort of understand it. But we have a lot of evidence to say Matt Adams is not this. He's not like he's 23 and he's like having a breakout. Like he's a mm-hmm fully formed baseball player that's been hot for a month. Like I, I understand it to a point. Um, my other thing would be, you know, if, they, if they're, if they're just desperate to have Matt Adams in the lineup, you, you can just play Matt Adams in the outfield and get rid of Nick Marcakis. Like that would oh, be my there, argument. Your, uh, uh, okay. Here's the thing. Matt, no, Matt, Adams, will, Matt Adams will be terrible in the outfield, but yeah. is he going to be any worse than Freddie Freeman will be at third base? And so here, I Freddie guess that's my, that's my thing. If, if you're willing to play Matt Adams in the outfield, why wouldn't you play Freddie Freeman? Because then Freddie Freeman's playing his position and he actually plays and he's the best player on your team and one of the top five best players in baseball. Leave yeah, the guy alone. He's still, still going to do the exact same uh, offensive. I don't know that you can say that. So, I truly why don't. Would his, why would his hitting get worse? It hap- it's player. happened a million times. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying why, why would you possibly risk – Freddie Freeman being altered in any way when he's suddenly like Babe Ruth at the plate. Like, just I think, leave the guy alone. 
I, yeah, but I don't think he's hitting well because he's just uber comfortable at first base. I don't base. either. He's hitting well just because he's hitting well. Like, I don't either, but no, my, my thing is now you have to add to the fact where like Freddie now has something to think about. He has to play third base and go out here's and my probably thing. embarrass himself at third base. I think I think the Braves it, don't really care about defense as much as some people think. I know people like to dive into the defensive metrics. I think Copy has pretty much come out and and said do i have some audio playing in the background yeah okay anyways i think copy has come out and said he doesn't really agree with some of the defensive metrics or at least how the defensive metrics are calculated so i think he's not really too worried about that but i i I don't know this seems like a kind of a money ball situation where you're really just trying to get guys who can hit in the lineup um and we talked about how the braves really didn't have any bats on the bench before the season started and when you get a guy like matt adams who's hit so well for you I don't know. If you can keep him in the lineup, add Freddie to the lineup, I'm all for it, man. I think for and partially I think it's gonna be fun to watch and I know that that might even like take away from my side of this argument a little bit, but I'm just not I don't see the risk. I think that's what it comes down to for me. If you can keep all those bats in the lineup, go for it. I mean Matt Adams is definitely overperforming, um, but he has been above average hitter in the past. So, I mean, he's still better than whatever third base option you're going to have out there if you do play Freeman at first. So if you're a team that's not completely bought into the defensive metrics and you're just trying to get another bat in there, go for it. I mean, if you're completely not, if you don't buy into the defensive metrics, I really hope he plays third base at the major league level. That'd be awesome. If you don't buy the defensive metrics, you can play my Adams in right field and get rid of Nick Marquez, who is a uh, maybe barely above replacement level player at this point. That's great. So let's, <laughs> let's move Freddie Freeman instead of taking that Marquegas out of the lineup. That that would be my uh, my big. Yeah, point. see, you might be right about Marquegas. I know I'm that. right about Marquegas. He's but not very good at baseball at this point. His like, on base percentage is respectable. He's yes. Uh, he's an above average offensive player by WRC plus. I'm gonna need Fangraphs to stop playing stuff in the background. He has a he has a 101 WRC plus, which is one percent above average. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep, and uh, how bad has he been to watch play defense regularly? Is, it, is he as bad as Matt very, Kemp? Now? No. Am I allowed to talk crap about Matt Kemp anymore? Have I kind of lost that right? Yeah, you can't do that anymore. But no, Markakis <laughs> is not as bad as Matt Kemp because he will he will play, he'll make the plays that he was supposed to make. That's the whole thing with Markakis is that yeah. He looks and if he has a three sixty eight OBP, like he is what he is. He's the kind of guy that looks a lot you're worse. Trying, you're trying to get him out. He's the kind of guy that looks a lot worse on defense when you're in the ballpark than he does on yeah. TV because you can tell how slow he is. Yeah, you can um, actually watch him run the whole way. Yeah, but no, no, no. Without getting into Marquecas, I just mm-hmm. we we fundamentally disagree on it, which is fine. I mean, I'm all for getting creative, but I think you could probably get um, you, you could probably get more in return from Matt Adams and trade than it would be worth to trade for a okay. third base. Do so. I, that's probably fair, but do you think that the Braves? have a better chance of winning baseball games by keeping Freddie Freeman at first and not having Matt Adams in the lineup regularly. Do you think that I think, do you I think, think they if, have as good a chance to win that way as they do putting Freeman at third and just letting him figure it out over there? I, I truly think that um, I, I think if you're going to go with that tact, I think they would be better off with Matt Adams in right field or Matt, well, Matt Adams in left field and Matt Kemp in right field. Probably. Wow. That is an abysmal. Okay. But guess what? <laughs> Freddie Freeman is going to be abysmal at third base. That's okay. The thing. So He's gonna then, be terrible. then you're going to, then you're going to say, you think whoever's playing third base for you does more for you offensively than Nick Markakis does. Maybe not offensively, but I think if you play Camargo, which they've been doing every single day, Camargo is like, I don't think he's this good, but he has been like very competent and he's a good defender at the very worst. So wow. like, 
I mean, I know you're laughing because, and I would have, I would have been too a little while ago. Camargo like has a he has a three hundred on base percentage. I understand he's not he's not good at baseball right now. He's he's a utility guy, but guess what? I can't over. I cannot stress to you how badly <laughs> Freddie Freeman's going to be at third base. He's going oh, to be terrible. He's not going to be yes, as bad is. as Johan Camargo is at hitting. Yes, he is. He yeah. absolutely is. It's oh, fine. Man. I just for me, I'm I would not Freeman fool with Freddie Freeman. Man, I, I get it. It's fine. We 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 disagree on. I think the biggest disagreement that we probably have between the two of us is I just wouldn't fool with Freddie Freeman yeah, doing anything fair. but playing first base. Period. Yeah, fine. Fine. I just want to see Freddie gun some guys out from the hot corner. It'll be fun to watch. I'm like, I'm in. I, I mean, the first day okay, that he plays, I'm dialed question. in. There's no question about that. So he has a minor league game under his belt. Do you think – are you pretty much convinced at this point that the Braves are all in on this and he's going to play a major league game at third? Or do you think it's just kind of preparing for, I don't know, a, a crazy scenario? Do, do you I think mean, they're sold on it? I, I, I feel like they are. I don't know why you'd be playing Rio at first and Freddie at third in a in a minor league game, a real game. Yeah, by the way, Rio playing first is also funny in that scenario, which yeah. is a, a very secondary thing. But, you know, I, I, I think they're all in on it just because I don't think you do the show of it. I mean, I guess it, I would say if Freeman plays third base again on, is it Monday when they play a game, maybe Tuesday, um, his next game, if he, if he plays third again, then you have to say, all right, they're going to do this. Um, I I still don't know why, but they're. I mean, you don't you don't make him play third base for fun in AAA, and not be at least serious. I mean, I guess there's a scenario in which they trade Matt Adams before Freeman arrives at the end of the mm-hmm. week, um, but that's a very small timetable. You're talking about four days, five days before Freddie's scheduled to come back in the lineup, and you know that's a that's you're, you're kind of you're kind of kind of, kind of close there uh, yeah. to be putting out the, the the elaborate charade. I, I I wouldn't rule it out, and I wouldn't last week when we talked about it with Scott. I didn't rule out the conspiracy theory that the Braves are just trying to raise Matt Adams' trade value, but it's definitely a one percenter. It's not like that's a real scenario yeah. that like I'm factoring in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know, man. Fair. It's it's gonna well, be that, wild. That's pretty fun, honestly. I don't know if we've ever had a disagreement this like where we were literally like neither of us could convince the other. That, so this has been a fun. Yeah, it's we're due for one. You're back and forth. It's we, good. We need that. Uh, yeah, we can. Yeah, Freddie's. Yeah, we we'll should talk. take a we should take a poll. Have you guys like done a poll or anything? What's what is your feel of the? I feel Braves like we. I feel. I feel like we this. did, but I honestly I can't remember at this moment if Talking Chop did one. We did not. I I have not personally done a poll. I think we did one. I think Chris did one, but. Uh, I will check when we get done with the podcast. If we have not mm-hmm. done that, I will try to throw one up. Um, all right, let's get away from that just because there's other stuff talking about and the Braves yeah, are good right sure. now, so let's be fun. No, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, on, on the on the positive side, Ender and Ciarte is an all-star for the first time. Yeah. Uh, we, Very we, nice. We love Ender and, in, on this podcast. So, And I'm glad. There are, there are some national writers who kind of talked about how uh, – it was very easy to get a bunch of guys from the Nationals on the on the All Star team. Like they were making up like the ideal All Star team. They're like, oh well, it gets hard when you have to go to the Braves. And I was like, does it really though? Like I feel like the Braves have some players, and Ender definitely seems like a a, a guy who who's deserving of that. Um, he's awesome to watch play in the field. He's hitting pretty well again this season. I think he has like a 97 WRC plus or something like that. So. He's he's doing what you want him to do, and I guess what you would expect him to do. So that's great for him. I think this is his first All Star selection. Yep, that's All-Star true. Selection. So congrats to Ender. Um, I need to see what he's doing, like splits wise. I know that was always kind of my big thing with Ender. He's actually handling lefties reasonably well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was one of the for me one of the two options for All Star. It was Ender or Tyler Flowers. 
because mm-hmm. um, Flowers has been out of his mind this year. Yeah, what's Cheshire? up with Tyler Flowers continually surprising everyone? I mean, he's cooled off a little bit, but he, I mean, he entered uh, Sunday with a 136 WRC plus and an almost 900 OPS, which is just out of <clears> he's <throat> out of his mind. His his bad still too high, but it's down from <clears> it, it was it was like in the low fours a little bit ago, and now it's 386. So I would have been cool with Flowers being an All Star. He was not named, but Ender, you know, this is actually what he is. I think he really is a three <clears> and a half four win player um, if he just hits competently because of the defense he plays in center field it's not like high end defense in left field or, or i don't know first base like center field mm-hmm. is premium you need that guy and you know he's playing between um a bad defender in left field and a statuesque one in right so like you really <laughs> need you need ender to be tremendous and he has been so uh, i'm on board with him and being an all-star i you know we you and i have been talking about this since the beginning of this podcast how much we like ender so mm-hmm. we, we proved to be right on that one i think at this point yep. so and against lefties he's uh hit for a higher average has a higher on base percentage and a higher slugging percentage so far this season uh it's only 57 at bats versus lefties compared to 283 versus righties so Still a pretty small sample, but that's really good to see because I know at one point he was kind of abysmal against lefties. I don't know if it was – I think it was last season actually, um, at least during one half of the season he was really bad against lefties. So that is good to see. Um, he's only walked four times, but, I mean, the OPP is really good. So that's that's encouraging. So well done, Ender. Uh, even though Ronald Acuna is gunning for your job, uh, congratulations. <laughs> I think Acuna's going to be playing a corner outfield spot when he arrives. Yeah. That's, that's my uh, guess. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's not like those guys are going to be blocking him or should be blocking him. It's going to be a corner outfield spot in Atlanta is not exciting. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a while, but uh, while, while Acuna's here, he uh, he and Mike Soroka were selected for the Futures game. They're the two Braves representatives. That was a professional segue from me. Let me just throw that out there. That was good. I uh, enjoyed that thoroughly. Um, yeah, I mean, Soroka is <laughs> really good. Acuna is really good. I don't know what else there is to say. I, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you have a take as someone who covers uh, more minor league slash uh, draft stuff than I do at this point in time. Maybe yeah, I honestly wish I could cover more minor league games. Like we have three guys who kind of that's their their focus entirely. Uh, it would be nice to see some of these. I'm kind of exclusively in the high school uh, realm at this point, but um, no, Soroka. It's Soroka is really interesting. I'm curious as what as to what Eric has said about Soroka this year, it looks just cause I don't even think I've seen a game from him this season, but kind of just scouting the, the stat, the stat sheet. Um, Soroka has pitched better. His ERA is lower. And this is, he's currently has the lowest whip of his pro career. Uh, but he also has the lowest strikeout rate of his career. His home runs are up. Uh, I think higher than they've ever been his home run rate against he's stranded 76% of the batters, which is a career high for him. And then his BABIP against is a career low. Uh, so all of, those, all of those things kind of tell me he's been kind of lucky. But I also wouldn't put it past Soroka at all to just be pitching really well. Uh, and I know like from an analytical sense that, that probably sounds kind of dumb. But Soroka has always been a guy who's, who's a very polished pitcher and really knows how to sequence batters and has pretty good control with all of his stuff. And I think his stuff is, is better than I – at least I used to give him credit for and maybe better than – than people in general give him credit for, although I don't know how much Eric has been talking him up on. Oh, he has. It's everywhere. And whatnot, so. It's everywhere. Eric, Eric's love for Mike Soroka is like nothing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and I, I really kind of appreciate it because he was in early, and if I was that yeah. right about somebody, then I would be in uh, as I well. Mean, he kind of was in early on Soroka and Ronald Acuna, so he's yeah, on top Eric's, of uh, Eric's good at this. Uh, there's a reason yeah. why Eric does what he does. So All those hours have paid off, I guess, so. 
Shouts out to Eric Cole. But yeah, what do you think of Soroka? What do you think of all those kind of underlying stats that I just throw out if, if you weren't aware of them? Does yeah, I mean, it's good a... all, or do you think that it's just kind of Mike Soroka being Mike Soroka? I think it's probably more toward the latter. I think it's probably just kind of what he's going to be. And it's the, the knock on him and why Eric has been able to be so much higher on him than everybody else is that his stuff is not quite as purely, you know, top shelf as some of the other guys mm-hmm. in the system. Um, but I just think he knows what he's doing. I mean, I've only seen him yeah. pitch a couple of times. Candidly, he's not like I'm. I'm not breaking down minor league starts on a regular basis. But yeah. everything that I've read from our guys and seen and been able to take in, it seems like he's just like a high level pitcher. And it's not yeah. like he's pitch. It's, I mean, he's pitching up and uh, you know he's for his for his age. He's always like the youngest guy in the league so far. Like it's not like he's pitching and dominating bad competition. Like he's pitching up. Um, I don't know. I'm all in. I mean, I can't yeah, be more all in there. He's allowing like the, the fewest hits per nine innings of his career. Yeah, so he just definitely seems like a pitchability guy that has legit stuff too. Like uh, when people say pitchability guys, they kind of think they're like a soft throwing lefty that doesn't have a curveball or something. But he, he seems like a guy that's going to constantly outpitch his peripherals. If I had to guess, like I'm not too worried about it. It's something to kind of watch going forward to see if he continues to succeed at this level especially with him being kind of advanced uh, at a quicker rate than normal. But I don't even know if you can say it's a quicker rate than normal for Braves guys. They seem really uh, ready to just push their guys as, as quick as, as they're able to push themselves, I guess. But yeah. it'll be fun to see him and um, Acuna in the Futures game. The Braves, two representatives, both on the world team. Definitely follow J.J. Cooper for that. Guys, if, if you don't already, he's all over the Futures coverage. If you don't know about the Futures game, um jj had a really good breakdown of like what to know about the game and kind of what to watch so check that out at baseballamerica.com if you feel so inclined yeah do that and i'm I'm confident that our guys will have a write-up about what's going on Mm -hmm. with the futures game yeah definitely definitely over that uh time which is next week over all-star over the all-star break i will uh candidly be in las vegas covering the atlanta hawks so i will not gamble uh, no, no. Brad's, Brad's be, yearly gambling trip. I will be covering the NBA <laughs> in Las Vegas uh, next week, so I will not be dialed into the Futures game, I will say. But uh, we will have a podcast, though, so there's a plug for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to record with Scott next week because he's on, he's on Pacific time, and so will I. So he'll be the only one that will be up when I am. Uh, nice. We'll be doing that. But uh, anyway, we can get off of that. A couple of more quick things we can hit on here. Uh, Fulte almost threw a no-hitter on Friday. Uh yeah, so, Fulte has been all over the place. I mean, it was eight innings of, of brilliance, and then he gave up a home run, and then that was kind of the end of that. But listen, that was a lot of fun. I mean, we, Scott was on recap duty, and uh, I was I basically just texted him in the seventh, and I was like, hey, man, are you, you got this, right? <laughs> didn't say anything <laughs> hey, else. Still there, right? Yeah, like, didn't, you didn't, us. <laughs> didn't say anything else, but I was like, all right, just want to make sure you're in there. Some <laughs> stuff's happening, God's probably like, Scott. wow, bro, been doing this for like 10 years. No, no, I mean, I mean that's that's kind of the one thing you can't afford is to happen when uh, if a no hitter happens you kind of have to be all over it and it was a friday yeah. day. and candidly again uh it was it was about to be july 1st so i was mm-hmm. fully in nba mode because that's what happens on the night of july of june 30th into july 1st is all the free agency stuff so i wasn't paying the slightest bit of attention to the braves until like the sixth and mm-hmm. then i heard about Fulty. i was like all right i'll put it on uh and then it was the seventh and it was the eighth and then it was going to the ninth and i'm like all right this is gonna happen and then it wasn't uh, but it was he was great though. That's the big takeaway for me is that Fulte was really really good again. I mean, some of his numbers are not that great for the year, but mm-hmm. if you if you take away his early starts and sort of the jerking around when he was you know the bullpen appearance, etc. Like his numbers have been pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, I'm in. No, I'm trying to pull up his his baseball reference right now. I looked at it earlier, but it seems like he's just kind of had a couple of really really bad starts. There's one start early yes. in the year, I think four starts ago, where he gave up like three home runs in one game, and that's kind of like the old Fulte that we all know, but. 
if you look at the heat maps for Fulte on fan graphs, he's got a significantly smaller percentage of pitches in the heart of the zone. And I know that was kind of his, his big thing is Fulte always had this really good raw stuff, but he, his fastballs doesn't have a ton of movement on it. So if he just leaves it in the middle of the zone, like big league, big league hitters are going to take advantage of that and punish that pitch. Um, it was kind of interesting. His fastball and slider velocities are both at the lowest they've ever been in this pro career or his major league career this season and his curveball and changeup velos are up. I don't know if that has anything to do with the success he's had this year uh, or not, but it feels like just looking at the heat maps and kind of where he's attacking the zone or at least where he's avoiding the zone that he's becoming a, a better pitcher or at least controlling the ball a little bit better, which is, I mean, huge for Fulte because if he can continue to do that, the stuff is going to speak for itself. Um, and, and you'll get more instances like the other night where he was flirting with a no-no. So that's encouraging. Uh, I think everyone is still in on Fultonevich having kind of top end of the rotation potential. And it uh, seems like he is making the steps he needs to this season. So nice. Nice to see. Yep. Shouts to Fulte. He uh, was obviously a lot of fun. And in general, he is a uh, must watch between Fulte and Sean Newcomb. Uh, it's exciting mm-hmm. to watch some guys who uh, have some upside in the future. <laughs> um, speaking of starting pitching, uh, Bartolo is no more, which we probably could have led with, honestly, because uh, he's yeah. that big of a name, but uh, it's kind of. I, th- I think we all kind of knew this was coming at least for a while. This is mm-hmm. he made one start after uh, the absence with the injury. It did not go well uh, in general. Um, Eight point one four ERA and thirteen starts is not going to get it done. Um, no. Bartolo, you know, he made a lot of money. Uh, the Braves are going to be on the hook for that unless somebody signs uh, him. And even even then, I think uh, they're already on the hook for it uh, either way. And you know, the Mets have expressed some interest because he was he's been good in New York. But in, in, from a Braves perspective, um, things did not go well um for Walter. that's sort of the only way to put it yeah and it yeah, there's not really much to say kind of everything just fell apart for him it was going to happen eventually we talked about it preseason with with dickie and bartolo you kind of you take these risks when you sign these veterans they i mean bartolo had been so consistent the previous like two or three seasons with with and his stuff really didn't it's not like his fastball velocity just dropped or anything like all of his uh velo numbers with all his pitches were pretty much in line with what he's done for the past three or four years but when you're pitching at, at that kind of level, the slightest drop off in, in command or location is really going to crush you. And I guess that's what happened to Bartolo this year. If you look at the slugging percentage on balls in the zone against Bartolo, it's like a huge red map and it's terrifying to look at. Um, but it's sad. I mean, the Braves found a way to uh, ruin the most exciting player in baseball this year. Um, so that sucks. Yeah. But. Yes, yes it does. No, it was I, so fun. I remember all the hype when Bartolo was signed. People were so excited. He was actually a solid pitcher. I mean, people would tune in just to watch him hit, which is hilarious. But um, that is no more, and it's it's a sad day. I think with with Bartolo being gone, he's now like the he was the last player to play for the Expos, who is playing in the major leagues currently. That is true. Uh, I believe I, I know saw... Brandon Phillips was like in their farm system but yeah I don't think phillips and ian desmond were in this in, in the system okay. for uh montreal at one point but uh yeah Bartolo was the last and he still might be around again i wouldn't be surprised if mm-hmm. he at least had at least one more uh, effort with someone else probably the mets or somebody like that um but he you know at, at his age it wouldn't be as surprised if he did not either because of the fact mm-hmm. of just how bad he was um but maybe maybe he gets right and uh i feel not, like it'll he'll pull a jared weaver and, and bounce around a little bit yeah i'm sure Sometimes. i mean if nothing else unless he wants to retire he somebody will give him a chance i'm sure mm-hmm. uh it's just whether he might just be ready to call it quits who knows he got his money for this year so 
can't complain about that if you're Bartolo. And uh, yeah, just a fail experiment. Nothing wrong with it. It's a one-year deal. I mean, people I saw people like really mad about them. It's like the money doesn't matter at all. It's a one-year contract. There's no salary cap. It didn't affect anything <laughs> the Braves did. Like they just spent money. I get it. If you're worried about the sunk money this season, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, so. it's a one-year deal. That's the whole reason why you make it a one-year deal is so you can pay them and have it have no bearing on, on the future else moving exactly. forward. I mean, it's already not a salary cap uh, sport. I understand that the Braves kind of imp- have imposed a salary cap on themselves with Liberty mm-hmm. Media, so I understand the money does matter, uh, but it's not long-term money, so who cares? Yep. Um, all right, well, there's that. Uh, a couple of little, little things before we start, I guess, kind of getting out of here. Um, Sean Rodriguez is probably going to come back, which is exciting. There was a, a sort of a consensus. Yeah, that was came that, out of nowhere. Yeah, the consensus was that he was going to miss, if not the whole if not the whole year, most of the year, but he's uh, he actually played in a GCL game on Saturday. So, mm-hmm. like, he might be back in, like, a couple of weeks, which is wild to consider, considering I think people have sort of forgotten about Sean Rodriguez. Like, that was one of the big tech, one, one of the big ticket items in the offseason. It's not that he's, like, this great player, but he's certainly better than a couple of the options the Braves have tried off the bench. So, if Rodriguez – and, by the way, the, the Braves have him locked up for next year, so it's not like this is a situation mm-hmm. where it's only this year. He's on the team next year. He's, he's going to be making some real money, so it would be good to see him play for no reason because the no, Braves are yeah. interested in him. If if Rodriguez is back and healthy, that's a legitimate addition to the team. And if they're if they're going to keep competing or at least pretending to compete like they're doing right now, I mean that I don't I feel like it's kind of understated how big of an impact he can make on the team right now, just with his versatility and what at least what he did with the bat last season. Honestly, it's really up in the air what he's going to do with the bat. He had one hit in that GCL game. He went one for three with a single. Um, but no, I'm really excited to see him come back. I didn't think you were going to see him at all this season. Uh, and I really hadn't heard any news of his uh, his rehab until I was like, oh, hey, uh, Sean Rodriguez just played and he's close. So uh, that's going to be fun to see. I mean, Braves fans really haven't seen him at all. So it's another encouraging thing to look forward to in the second half, along with Freddie Freeman coming back. Yeah, just a little note. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, that's all I got for that because yep. I don't know how fast it's going to be. But as long as he's yeah. healthy, man, uh, that's an intriguing guy. Um. All right, before I let you get out of here, it's been a little mm-hmm. while since the draft happened, but I'm wondering how yeah. you feel about it because uh, obviously you're covering that more than I am, and we've mm-hmm. talked about it on the podcast, but uh, at least, you know, t- t- tell me what to think about the uh, the top-tier guys nothing else. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I think I was really excited for the Braves when they picked Kyle Wright. Um, he is a guy who the Braves were tied to for a long time. Uh, I think he was a guy that they were really hoping to get with that first pick, and it looked like that wasn't going to happen leading up to the draft, Cal Wright was definitely the best pitcher in college, really the last maybe month of the season, last three weeks of the college season. He really went on a tear. Uh, I tweeted this out the night of the draft, actually. I think Cal Wright easily could, you can make the argument that he's the best pit or he's the best player in the entire class. Uh, and for the Braves to get him at number five is really impressive. Uh, his signing bonus was obviously higher than some of those guys picked ahead of him. And really in baseball, you're kind of looking at the money rather than where you're picked to see uh, what the industry thinks of you talent wise. So some teams are going to take a lesser talent just to save money and get someone later. I don't, we don't have to go through the whole draft, but Cal Wright, uh, him and Mackenzie Gore for me, those, those are the two guys who I think are, are the best players in the draft. Personally. Um, I think we had Cal Wright number two behind Hunter green for baseball America's uh, top draft prospects. So I think the Braves should be thrilled with that. He's, I mean, I'm not sure exactly where he's going to sneak into the team rankings, but he's going to be 
very high up there and he's got the the six foot four 220 pound frame to be a 200 inning guy and he's got four pitches that project or already are above average a fastball that holds velocity deep into games 94 plus like in the seventh eighth and ninth inning which is ridiculous i'm really big on his changeup as well he, he doesn't throw that pitch a lot and you see that a lot with college pitchers they can get by with the fastball and the breaking ball if they have uh, above average pitches uh, with those two categories. But his changeup is a firm, like mid to upper 80s changeup, and it really can generate a lot of swings and miss because his arm speed with that pitch is pretty much identical to uh, his fastball arm speed, which is really encouraging. I love a good changeup, and Kyle Ray, it looks like with, with him throwing the pitch more often in pro ball, like I assume he's going to, uh, that can be a real weapon for him. So I'm all in on Kyle Ray. Um, well, I guess what were your thoughts on Kyle Wright? Yeah, I mean, I obviously don't, I won't claim to know this, the first thing, but everything that everything that yeah. I read uh, is encouraging. Yeah, just and in general. Were, were you hoping the Braves took a, a hitter? I know that's no, kind of what I don't care. about the Braves. I just give me the best guy. I mean, I yep. trust our, guy, our guys all like Kyle Wright. Everybody was excited. <laughs> um, guys were paying attention. I was reading your stuff and all, all the Baseball America stuff and mm-hmm. have you as our insider uh, over there at Baseball America. So I can I know I can call <laughs> you and say, hey, what's up with Kyle Wright? Yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah, no, it's everything that I hear is good. So I, d- I definitely wanted to ask you since uh, that's kind of what you do these days. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, everybody's excited about Kyle Wright. And I think there's a big debate going on with our prospect team as to where he's going to rank, as, as you kind of mentioned yeah. on, on our list, because that's something that they work on for months and months. And that's coming pretty soon here. So we'll see where he ends up going. Um, it's going to be pretty high, I believe. But uh, without giving I'm going to like pull up the lists and see where I would put him in. Do that. While we talk, because uh, that'd be actually very interesting to me, because I've I've heard a little bit about how our guys are feeling without giving it mm-hmm. away anything. Uh, it's it's high, I'll tell you that. It's a little bit of conflict. I mean, uh, just so everybody knows, behind the scenes, those guys kind of all submit their own individual lists, and then they kind mm-hmm. of figure it out from there as a as a uh, sort of a, a consensus. And Eric, of mm-hmm. course, heads that team up, and that'll be interesting to see. But I know a lot of those guys are really high on them, so we'll see. Yeah. For sure. And then I guess going into uh, a couple more of the picks, if you want to touch on some of those, Drew Waters, yeah, hit it. Uh, number two, he's really exciting. Uh, he was an overslot guy as well. Um, uh, switch hitter. He's a power speed guy to Georgia. Our top prospect out of Georgia is a weak class for Georgia uh, in 2017. But Drew Waters is a legit offensive player who is a, a pretty exciting. He's already started in the GCL, actually. Um, I think he got one... Yeah, he's hit one home run, has three hits in four games, so he's not off to a crazy start. But um, he's an encouraging guy moving forward. It's going to be slow with him as a high school guy. Like, take your time with him. But he could develop into at least an average hitter with plus power. Uh, he's a plus runner as well uh, with above average uh, to plus run times on the bases. Uh, I think he can be a, a really good center fielder defensively. Um, so he's an exciting guy all around. And then... Freddie Tarnock and, and Troy Bacon were also overslot guys at three and four. Uh, I think Troy Bacon actually got really roughed up in his first GCL appearance. He only threw, he only made a one out in his first inning and allowed a home run, four runs, three hits, uh, didn't get any strikeouts, walked a guy. So uh, it's going to be long for him too. But both Freddie Tarnock and Troy Bacon are guys that you're projecting on a little bit that they both have really live arms. Tarnock touches like 96 miles per hour. Uh, Troy Bacon, I think is up to 98. Um, so those guys are, are kind of arms to dream on. And then the rest of the picks five through 10 were kind of money saving picks for the Braves. So they definitely went all in, in the top four picks and with their farm, I think that's, that's probably something that's kind of smart to do. 
they've got a ton of depth. So those guys are really interesting. But Kyle Wright for me is, is one of the most exciting players in the draft. And he's honestly a really safe pick in my mind. So as it'll be fun as, to watch these guys. As safe as anybody can be in the baseball draft, which is not yeah, safe exactly. at all. But yeah, exactly. I, I get it. I mean, people, I feel like it's, it's worth talking about just because I think people hear safe pick and they think that it's like a 70% hit rate. And it's like, no, that's not how yeah. that works in baseball. <laughs> uh, this is not, this is not basketball or football where mm-hmm. guys are actually safe. Um, but there are just guys who are safer than other guys. Um, we'll see. But um, yeah, safer than some of the other top guys that could have been taken. Hunter Green is not even close to as safe as what Kyle Wright is. So, I guess it, that's something you can be encouraged with if you're a Braves fan and and you are uh, risk averse. Which sorry if you are. Yeah, I mean uh, this is not the uh, avenue for you to be risk averse. <laughs> alas, um, well, man, I won't keep you any longer unless you have something that you're dying to talk about. Um, we kind of we we had an argument. We talked about the news of the day. Um, things are happening. It's very late. We did it all here today. It was fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's baseball. I appreciate you coming on in the midst of your uh, wild schedule because uh, you were actually covering a baseball game on Sunday. So mm-hmm. I appreciate your willingness to jump yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. Whenever, anytime. Always happy to uh, come on the Talking Chop podcast and uh, refresh myself with what the Braves are up to. It's always a good time. Plug so yourself, thanks. by the way. Plug plug everything you want. Uh, you can follow me at Carlos A. Colazzo on Twitter, doing a lot of 2018 high school draft coverage currently. Uh, me and Hudson Belinsky are going to be on the showcase circuit this summer. Uh, I believe the next big trip for us is the Under Armour All-America game and then the area, co- area code games in California. So if you're really dying to get a head start on the 2018 draft class, uh, and I'll be doing some college stuff as well this summer, just kind of getting an eye on, on some of these guys who are going to be big draft dudes next year. Feel free to follow me there. Uh, read baseball America. We've kind of got everything covered at, at the website from a, a prospects perspective, uh, on a national level. Uh, and definitely check out our July 2nd coverage today. There's a big day for Ben Badler, who's our international guy and, and probably the best in the business, uh, in the international market. Um, so anything you need to know on the July 2nd, uh international free agent whatnot you can check that out at baseball america i'm not too uh involved in that at all i'm not involved in that at all actually um so definitely check out ben's work if you guys want to know what the braves have been up to uh the braves they couldn't go over three hundred thousand for any guys this year because of the what they did last year going over their bonus restrictions or whatever uh, but there are some interesting prospects that the braves signed for under 300k so if you want information on those guys check out baseballamerica.com uh, there you go. It's a good, good summation from you. Co- company man that you are. I appreciate that. <laughs> for uh, sure. It's, it's always good to have you, my friend. Um, as for us, I mean, as I kind of said there, and we're getting into the all-star break, that'll be a big time for the prospect guys. And uh, we'll have a guy to cover in Indiana Ciarte uh, at the all-star game, which is always nice. And uh, nice. as for me, we'll be back next week um, on the podcast. I'm going to write something this week. I'm not sure what's going to be on the Braves, but uh, I'm on the schedule to write something. So we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, thanks, man, for doing this. Yes, sir. Uh, Everybody else, we'll be back again one week from now. And until then, stay tuned.